I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. I guess for me, I don't have like a person I go to regularly. So I, I guess I get a haircut like every three months. Um, so I don't know this person in this like awkward conversation. You should put headphones in. <laughs> I would be. A, I would fucking love to put headphones. <laughs> let a dude cut it or a girl cut it. Lady, always ladies. Maybe we're just heartless bastards, Chris. Maybe. Welcome to the horrible film school, a safe place to watch scary movies. Professor Chris here with the other horribles, Professor Hootie. Good day, fellas. Excited to talk about some insects. It's a great day. And Professor Joseph. Happy to be here and happy to be talking about my boy, Jeffy Goldblum. I hope you guys and gals at home are ready because today you're in for a treat. So, before we dive in, I wanted to ask you guys something. We're recording this episode a little less than a week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's get those uh, scores and predictions. Let me get the Rams by seven. Let me get Joey B and the Bengals minus three. Uh, I'm right there on Hootie's line. I'm going to take the Bengals. Joey Burrow, 28-31. Today's assignment, 1986's The Fly, The Lesson. Keep a buddy system in place to avoid naked, drunk fuck-ups. All right, fellas, this is one that uh, I think the two of you had preconceived notions about the greatness here, but it was a new one for me. So a little behind-the-scenes information I got here. This is a remake of a 1958 film of the same name, directed and co-written by David Cronenberg, known as the master of body horror. Um, some of his notable films, Scanners and Videodrome. Never seen any of them, but uh, I know he's considered the king of this gross-out body horror shit that uh, you two seem to enjoy. Scanners is good. Scanners is also rough. I do not enjoy the body mutilation, and I forgot how much of it was in this movie. Yeah, it's it's a bit rough. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Yeah, some go. people really <laughs> like it, man, but like, what's that weird shit people watch? Dr. Pimple Popper? I can't uh, even do that oh, shit. I don't like that. It's the same shit to me, man. I just... I cringe. I got too much Is empathy. Is that like a TV show? Yeah. It's like has seasons and seasons of this. I think it's a lady who just pops these big, disgusting bones. Have you, seen, it ep- oh have you seen that episode where she pops it and she licks the instrument? No, I've never seen a fucking episode of that. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> fucking sucking gross, on dude. the instrument. Sucking on the goddamn juice. And that show gets mm. advertisements. Mm, that's a little bit of a. That's a little bit too much calcium in your diet. Mm. I think it's on the Discovery Network, so it's it's science, man. It's health and science. I'm yeah, sure that is person. scientific. But yeah, with that in mind, I guess we could point out here that this did win an Oscar for Best Makeup. So, naturally, shout out here goes to Chris Wallace, special effects work. Also notable work on Gremlins and Arachnophobia. Yeah, Ooh, this, Gremlins. Uh, pretty much this guy right here is uh, fantastic. Also did work on uh, E.T. as well as Return of the Jedi. Um Funny enough, he directed the uh, the Fly sequel. Um, yeah, I saw that there. Starring, who's that mother- what a who's, sequel it was. Who's that motherfucker from Mask? Eric Stoltz. Ah, oh, God. The yeah, original Morning Boot Fly. Starring Eric Stoltz. Um, considered a, an above average sequel by some people, but I haven't seen it personally. Um, 
I've had the image of the fly in my head for as long as I can remember being alive. And I have two people to thank for that. My mom and Mr. Chris Wallace. So, pretty stunning work. I like this guy. But that's the only fellas behind the camera I was going to highlight because it's a lot of uh, kind of unknowns for me outside of that. Yes, uh, I definitely see what you're talking about. Like, Cronenberg shit, I've heard of him. I've never really seen any of his movies outside of The Fly. Watched his his son's debut film a couple of years ago called Possessor. It was pretty, it was pretty fucking cool. I would definitely recommend it. What's his Brandon name? Cronenberg, What's his name? Esteban Cronenberg or some shit? Brandon Cronenberg. Okay. Does he also like body, body mutilation? Yeah, he's definitely got that taste. You imagine growing up in that house, your father is that much into body, body mutilation. What kind of weird shit did they do? That'd have been awesome. That'd have been so fucking cool. So, uh, Mel Brooks, comedy legend responsible for space balls, blazing saddles, young Frankenstein. He had a huge hand in the uh, realization of 1986's The Fly and helped produce Cronenberg's vision through his studio, Brooks Films. And he's also actually credited as the one who came up with the iconic tagline, Be Afraid. Be Very Afraid. Very Afraid. Keeping in the tradition of... uh, coming through with a few other people who were up for the casting uh, of the roles of the lead characters. For Seth Brundle, John Lithgow was considered, as well as Mel Gibson, Michael Keaton, and Richard Dreyfuss. Michael fucking Keaton. I would just love to see him. I mean, obviously Jeff Goldblum fucking killed it. But Michael Keaton... Jeff Goldblum can kick rocks in comparison to Michael Keaton. Nah, fuck that. Jeff Goldblum, this this was his movie. Yeah, this was his movie. But I think of that group, I would like to see Keaton try it. Yeah. Um, and in the role of Veronica, Cronenberg had his uh, eyes set on Linda Hamilton playing that role. Um, do, oh. do mostly be- because of her role or her performance in uh, Terminator. Oh, uh, wonder, I wonder what else would have been an option there. However, like, can, a, uh, <laughs> like a few other people I know, Linda was grossed the fuck out by the script and turned it down. Um Namely, the, birth, oh the birthing scene. That kind of fucked her up. Mm. Uh, yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Lee, as well as Laura, Laura Dern, were also in discussion. Some talented ladies there. I had two tidbits that I picked out. Uh, first of all, Vincent Price and Jeff Goldblum talked because Goldblum um, asked his take on the original film that Vincent Price was in. Horror legend, horror godfather. And Price uh, was touched by, I think it was a letter that they sent, that Jeff Goldblum sent him. And he replied and to Goldblum and went to see the film, which he described as wonderful right up to a certain point. And then it went too far. Wonder what point that would be, because there's several. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't <laughs> put my finger on one. Uh, and then the last thing that I had was the fly's vomit was made of honey, eggs, and milk. You add bread, baby, and we got French toast action. All right? Baby boys, let's jump into the fly. Oh, that's disgusting. 
So we start with the title sequence, which to me looked a lot like a bunch of colorful maggots having an orgy. I don't know if you guys got that vibe. You know what? I could see that in hindsight. Very like surrealistic maggot-shaped little wavy images there, but I thought that I'm was glad that you know what a what it looks like, Chris. I think Suspiria taught me what yeah, a maggot Suspiria orgy Suspiria showed us like, like. What, what a fucking maggot orgy would look like. God, what a shit film. I've learned so much anyway. about fucking maggots and flies the past couple weeks. Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum, who you may know from Jurassic Park and Independence Day, is a brilliant inventor and awkward AF, but he has some fantastic 80s hair. At a party for the press thrown by his financier, Bartok Industries, Brundle meets Veronica Quaif, played by Gina Davis from Thelma and Louise and Beetlejuice. Are we sure that last name isn't Quaif? Quaif. I'm pretty sure it's Quaif. I've been pronouncing it fucking Quaif the entire time. You would be pronouncing it fucking Quaif. You thought this lady's name was Veronica Quaif? Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, dude. I mean, it's awesome. It's that like dolls. French, like Quiffet. Quiffet, yeah. Oh. It does look like a... Yeah. Quiffet. There's also like a pretty important movie you left out on Gina Davis's resume. Stuart Little? Stuart fucking Little. Uh, there's a f- certain line from Stuart Little that uh, we used to... Uh, hey, what's Stuart Little? Holy shit. Fucking quite often. <laughs> <laughs> That's no mouse. That's my That's brother. That's my brother. <laughs> oh, it's <that's> awesome. <laughs> Fucking Stuart Little. It's pretty cool how, or pretty cool, pretty funny how Gina Davis actually landed this role. Uh, she was dating Jeff Goldblum at the time, and he recommended mm. her to Cronenberg. Uh, and after like one reading of this, you know, uh, she did a reading for Cronenberg and and one of the other producers, and she just nailed it. So that means that the sex in this movie was real sex. It was real penetration. Yeah, that was footage from home. There was a lot of fucking going on, but uh, apparently he was, uh, Jeff Goldblum had to be asked to leave several, uh, several filmings between Gina Davis and John Getz, because he would actually get, like, jealous of those two while they were filming scenes together. Oh, I like that passion. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Boys protected with Passion for smashing. Brundle meets Veronica, who is rocking an equally badass teased up 80s mop. She is a reporter for Particle Magazine. After spitting some science game, he invites her to come back to his apartment. Are we sure that Jeff Goldblum wasn't already playing the fly this early in the movie with them big-ass fucking weird-looking eyes? Yeah, I had a note here. It said the first shot of Goldblum is these big-ass bug-like eyes. He's just awkwardly blinking. He looks like a goddamn housefly. (laughs) Also, that was funny that on the ride back to the apartment, he says uh, talks about puking on his tricycle as a kid. Little does he know. Little uh, foreshadowing there. But yeah, I couldn't tell if he was trying to get her home and fuck or what. It was really... I couldn't tell if he was like being smooth or he just legitimately wanted to show somebody his I cool little he, toys. He, a little bit later in the movie, he alludes to at not having talked to anybody recently or been around people because he's been so focused on his work yeah. that he's literally like, you know, I just want somebody to come here and appreciate it just as much as I do. I don't think he really had the intention of fucking... Oh, does, oh, but that changed. Boy, does that change. Apparently, flies flies like to fuck. But as soon as she walked into that busted-ass apartment, whatever you want to call it, I was like, she's getting raped and murdered here. You didn't like his apartment? It was dope as fuck on the inside. Walking to it definitely seemed like it was going to be a bad idea. 
It looked like an abandoned building from from the outside. Exactly. Using some sexy talk before borrowing Veronica's pantyhose, Seth shows her his latest invention. Via the world's first Siri, he commands his teleporter pods or telepods that disintegrate matter, transmit it across space, and then reintegrate it to do just that with her leg condom. Gina Davis pulling that stocking off is sexy as hell. And I'm like a, I'm a chronic masturbator, so I should know. Well, that's good to know that that's out in the public now. He's doing it now. Um, so why is Seth so damn creepy? And like, he, I think he almost smells the pantyhose. Well, he's like socially awkward, man. He's not put in these type of situations. He don't know how to react. How are you gonna react? I oh, think I'm pretty oh. socially awkward. I would be oh. sniffing some random lady's <laughs> oh, pantyhose. Like a woman just hands you her fucking stockings, and you just gonna be, just be like, "Oh, thank you, ma'am." I mean, fuck. Yeah, I'm not going to fucking sniff She's it. obviously handing me pantyhose or for for a reason, you know. Yeah, it was with sexual intent because yeah, he asked yeah, for anything. 100%. And that's what she went for. He didn't wrap around his fucking dick and start jacking off with him or anything. Veronica is like almost comically sexualized in this film. She's fucking everybody. Everybody. Well, it's not a whole lot of characters in the movie, yeah. to be fair. To... Okay, but she fucks all of them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that bit, but we'll get to that. I thought it was funny that she called his inventions uh, designer phone booths. They were pretty cool looking little, I don't know what you want to call them, telepods. Pods. Pods. He actually, Cronenberg uh, modeled those after like a part off of his uh, motorcycle. Why don't we have, so like the 80s was so unique in that there was all these plot lines of teleportation and time travel. And that's all like lost now in film. Well, it's been done to death. I personally can't stand time traveling anymore. Like that fucking Avengers plot line going back in time, that's the biggest pile of horse shit I ever fucking heard, bro. That's just dog shit. Kills the stakes for me because if you can time travel, then it doesn't even matter. Yeah, at that point, it doesn't matter. Y'all learn nothing from Back to the Future. None of that fucking matters. The past will come to the present, fellas. But then you go back further and change it again. I was like, ah, fuck it. It breaks the rules of storytelling, man. And Marty McFly's mom got some big old fake titties, too. There we go. It was also during this scene of him playing with her pantyhose where I had a, a realization. I won't say his last name because I don't want to put his business out there, but how much does Jeff Goldblum look like my good friend Daniel? Oh, he looks just like Daniel in this. Just as fucking awkward, too. I'm not going to call that man a pantyhose sniffer, but uh, yeah. He had like the same face, just the way he moved, and he's like very reserved, and he speaks very specifically. I'm starting to get offended about you talking about the pantyhose sniffing. What's wrong with You should. Yeah, it's like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with sniffing pantyhose? How would it creep me out? I guess you I'm never, not a penny raider. You never, like, smelled a girl's Sorry. hair before, man? <laughs> yeah, it's her hair. It's not her, like, worn pantyhose that she's probably sweated in and played football in, Joey. Uh, okay. Hey, different strokes, <laughs> It's man. the Tarantino with the foot some thing, of us, Some of us, like, some of us, like, fucking at angles. Some of us, like, to fuck up, like, up and down, so... She realizes this could be the invention of the century, and over Seth's objections goes to her boss and ex-lover, Stathis Borens. What kind of a fucking name is that? Jesus Christ. I kept wanting to call him Stannis, but every time she started calling him Stathis. Stathis. What are you, are you saying Stactus? Did you burn Stathis. your tongue on a fucking coffee this morning or something? Why can't you pronounce this dude's name right? He definitely has a personality to match his name. This dude is fucking dull. Played by John Getz, who had bit parts in 
two movies from my probably favorite director, Mr. David Fincher. He had parts in Zodiac and The Social Network. He has been in a, a lot of television shows yeah, and that's movies. that's the vibe I got. A shit ton. Like, I think his IMDb is, he's credited for, like, close to 100 different shows and movies, but I think it's, like, 95% television, which isn't, there's nothing wrong with that, but, I mean, it is what it is. He's prolific, man. He's another blue-collar actor like Danny Trejo. Hey. Doesn't look quite like Danny, but, yeah. Not quite. Here's the characters. crazy part. I don't think Danny Trejo's acted a day in his life. I think it's literally just Danny Trejo in, like, every Put movie. Put the camera on me, baby. I'm just talking, you know? So, Veronica goes to her boss and ex-lover to convince him to publish the story. He is jealous as fuck and believes old Seth is a bullshit magician. Seth busts into the scene and is relieved that Stathis does not want to publish the story. As the telepars are not quite up to code yet, they can only transmit inanimate matter. But anyway, he offers to let Veronica track his progress with her sweet-ass camcorder as he tries to debug the telepods. He asks her to wait to write the story until he is finished, to which she agrees. So I had a question here, Chris. Is this what coding is like? No, it is not. Does it look like you day to day? He has like he's doing it with like two fingers too. The way he types. Do you use your home your home row keys? Is that where you is that what you do? That's where they rest, but I don't keep my hands there. I just go. My fingers just know where to go at this point. Yeah, you all you gotta do is use your two keys, one and zero the whole fucking time, dude. What are you talking about? I did like his UI though. I like the fonts that he used. They were very clear and clean. Very matrixy. After this, Veronica basically moves in with your boy while he works. And the two of them begin to do what two good-looking folks do. They start thinking about each other's naughty bits. Sometime later, Seth attempts to send a baboon through the telepods. But it is reintegrated inside out. Joy, did you have the same thought that I did? No, what happened? What? Was this baboon in Congo? Sound the alarms. <laughs> do not di- stop eating my sesame cake. Please do it now. Don't eat it now. You have to do it. Sesame cake. Apparently this baboon was going to be trouble uh, on the set. Like, Cronenberg was super, like, on edge about the baboon. But because uh, Jeff Goldblum was so fucking jacked and he's so damn tall, apparently he, like, was able to keep the baboon in line. Well, no, no, he was able to keep it in line because he he came off as... Fucking smacking this baboon around. He came off off as an alpha. You know, like the alpha of the pack. You know he's 6'4". Damn, that is pretty big. He's fucking massive. Damn, how tall is Gina Davis then? Because they were pretty much eye level. She's six foot. They used to pick on her in high school, dude, because she's so tall. Said, reach up there and hand me that milky tall, bitch. Oh, I remember that from A League of Their Own. She was, like, taller than everybody. Fucking loved her in League of Your Own, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, the whole massive monkey meat was pretty fucking gross. What about the uh, long kiss goodnight? Hey, with the blonde Man, hair. you was yeah. when I met you, you was making muffins. Now you like, damn, I don't give a shit, bro. <laughs> That's your that Samuel was, Jackson. That was Samuel Jackson, motherfucker. Sounds just like him. You can get throw that in there. That's how you know it's him. So they 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 kill an innocent baboon and seem pretty okay with it. Nobody. Hey, really the pharmaceutical it. companies kill millions of fucking animals a year and don't give a shit about it. So they don't do it hey. in front of like women though. <laughs> Just like, yeah, come in off the street and watch me do well, this. That's the thing. Like, and then they just go have sex. The whole thing is supposed to be <laughs> her whole thing is she wants to, you know, film the entire process. And 
this just happens to be part of the process. So the the her seeing this just mutilated baboon was like, God, I need some of that. They, you know what they say? You can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. Well, let's back it up. She does work for Particle Magazine, so she's probably used to being around weird science experiments. So she's probably seen shit like this. But before. you're seeing it as weird. I don't think it's weird. I think this is like this probably is just as commonplace nowadays as it was back then. I think you should have tested it on like a worm or something. Something less. Yeah, but you want to test it on massive. something that's that's closest to, as close to a mammal as you can, right? As close yeah, to you work your genetics. way up to that point. You don't just go straight to the monkey. Our cows are stupid. <laughs> put a cow in there, it dies. It's okay. But a, 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 a how do you get brain? a fucking cow inside that little telepod? I don't put a calf in there. I don't know. God, joy. That, that's worse than a baboon. You're talking about a baby now. A baby calf. They're stupid. <laughs> I would say put in like a reptile or something not cute at least. No, you or gotta chicken. have a genetic makeup that's close to a human's man. Well, a banana's pretty thing. close to a human. A banana? Put a dolphin in there. It's we pretty close to a human. You could have put a pig in there. A pig would have been good. Pig or dolphin? Nah, it still would have been bad. Why would you put a dolphin in it? Where the fuck would you find a goddamn <laughs> dolphin in the middle of Chicago, wherever the fuck they're at? Uh, what city were they in? That's a good question. I think it's like Chicago. It has Chicago like architecture. Soon Veronica falls in love with Sif, as one does, and they make love. Lots of it. Dude, she falls in love with him quick. Yeah. They're just rubbing the dead baboon on themselves and making love. Nothing like that to get the blood percolating. After one particularly passionate squirt fest, Veronica nibbles on some nipples and talks about the flesh driving women crazy. This gives Seth a boner and the inspiration he needs. He will teach the computer to be driven crazy by flesh. This whole flesh dynamic, like, the literally it comes down here in a few scenes to, like, a, the cult of the flesh. I think this is super fucking interesting. I wish they would have ran more with this in the movie. When he started rambling about oh, it, I Oh, yeah, was I, like, got, I got this quote I got interested, up. too, yeah. Yeah, I got this quote queued up, and I want to do it when we get there. Well, some legitimately interesting points he's making there. But yeah, I thought that was kind of a wild concept. And then, with my background, what I do for a living, which we're not going to speak to again. I work with the police and save lives every day. <laughs> no, that fact that I work with computers or whatever. Oh, that. Okay. The fact that he's going to teach the computer to be driven crazy by the flesh. What the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, it's, in, yeah, the, dude, it's, it's the ramblings of a fucking madman. He has like a, a, a Iron Man Jarvis type computer system that somehow can like talk to him as well. Right, yeah. It's like the world's first Siri, but it takes, it's not only voice command, I don't know. This is definitely like futuristic tech that we've kind of got to, but not quite there yet. So This was set 2022, Chris. I mean. Uh, fuck me, right? We My should be phone. there. Then he would have had a cell phone to do this shit with. <laughs> and then him had the, the exact same clothes. I thought that was pretty interesting, that reference to Einstein. And Steve Jobs, he did the same thing. Just copying Einstein, I'm sure. But he wore the same clothes every day, so it was one less thing to have to think about. Hey, I do that too, but it's because I don't like taking showers. What if you just wear the same clothes every day? Just hit the ass, balls, and teeth, and you're good, man. You ain't even got to take a shower. <laughs> just those three things, ass, balls, and teeth. You smack those three before you go to work? I'm pretty sure that Seth made Beyond Meat in the telepod. Are you talking about the fake meat, the feet? Yeah, that's that's beyond that's that's he made an, an impossible burger that you get at Burger King. I was gonna say this guy really just drives home the fact that there ain't no pussy like pull out couch pussy. 
because this boy is all about that pull-out couch. <laughs> you know you be hitting it right, and that fucking couch is going to fold up and turn y'all into a goddamn, uh, <laughs> turn you into a goddamn taco shell. It takes like a real core. Like you have to engage your core to do it on a pull-out couch. Seth continues to work on the telepods while Veronica goes shopping for a gift for him. While shopping, she gets straight creeped on by the crazy ex. Stathis slides into her business, claiming he now believes that Seth's work is the shit and should be published. I'm finally on to something that's big, huge. Yeah, what, his cock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that's an all-time got her right ass there. on that one, bro. <laughs> got him! <laughs> but again, Hootie's talking about the three, the two people we know. She slept with both of them at this point. She didn't sleep with the baboon, yeah, came though. came on hard. Came on. Oh, she didn't sleep with a goddamn farm animal. Okay, that's good. Um, she came on hard to Jeff Goldblum. She was hard. <laughs> but he was, he's a good-looking guy, man. He's charismatic. He's just, it's an improvement over status. He was using her in a power dynamic, obviously, being her boss. So I'll forgive her for that one. Back at Seth's apartment, Veronica watches as Seth successfully puts a second baboon through the telepods. No meat pie this time. As they begin to celebrate, Veronica digs through his mail and finds a package from who but Stathis. Inside is a magazine, not quite a hustler or a playboy, but a sexy-ass design for a cover story on Seth. She runs back to his office to stop him from publishing, leaving Seth to celebrate all alone. You know, it's funny you mentioned playboy right there, just totally offhand. The original yeah. short story for The Fly was first published in a Playboy magazine. Damn. Yeah. So somebody be. read this this gross fest and then continued to jerk off on the next page? Well, it's you know based on the original like short story, which the first movie was based off of. It's, this movie is a little bit more visceral and uh, a little bit more uh, grotesque. I remember in my earlier days, uh, my lovely co-host, Chris, said that he would peruse Playboy for the articles. They have legitimately great fucking articles, man. I'm sure they do, Joy. I'm sure they're Chuck Polinick has written a lot of like short stories in Playboy, man. Chuck who? who? has he now? Polinick. All, all I know is when you finish with them magazines, I was chucking my damn dick to them. I get it. You know, double D's. Yeah, I just watch porn for the fucking dialogue, dude. I don't even watch it for any it. other reason. Loves the character development. I love, I love when they fall in love at the very end. Well, going back to what we're talking about here, I think it's interesting you were talking about the physicality of Goldblum and this baboon. Because when that fucking second baboon ran at him, I would have freaked the fuck out. Oh, they had a little hug fest. Yeah, he ran and like jumped on him. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, baboons are super like, they're super unpredictable. Yeah, that thing could have grabbed his dick and ripped it off for all week. I mean, he didn't That's the thing. That, they literally do that. They go for, like, your face and your dick. <laughs> that's like that's like what baboons and fucking chimpanzees do. They will Sounds eat your like fucking face off your goddamn skull. <laughs> Dude, I don't, One little got him. I, that's the thing. One They're so spike. fucking strong. I don't fuck around and with your face monks, is bro. gone. Thumbs, man. They got powerful thumbs. I think a, a few years ago, a lady yeah. had a baboon or something. Had him wow, for fucking years. No, no, it was a chimpanzee. It was a chimpanzee. Had him for years. He ripped her jaw off. Ripped her jaw off. Grabbed her by the jaw, ripped it off. Ate her fucking fingers off her hand. 
Uh, I think Talk about I think I've used her fucking ass. pussy hole. I don't think she like got raped by the damn monkey or nothing. But I think he like stuck like spread her open like a goddamn uh, sticking the thumbs <laughs> in there and spreading them, spreading them open. I don't I'm know telling. about all that. Don't fuck around with shit. You must have read one of those Playbook articles on this Don't situation. Don't fuck around not watching Congo after They will that. fuck your world up. It might be a hot take, but I am on the side of the chimpanzee. Keep them in the fucking woods. Don't bring them home. I agree with you on that. Yeah, don't bring them home. Don't put them in your fucking New York apartment. If you bring them home, just throw them out the window. Get it over with. I ain't getting eaten well, by I'm not a big, monkey. like, pets guy anyway, so I don't want any animals in my house. That's just me. Ripped her jaw off. Ripped her Damn. fucking jaw off. She's just making coffee, about to get on Skype. <laughs> wow. I think she was like a super <laughs> She's working from home. Dude. She's probably like knitting her grandkid a sweater, and a damn monkey walks up and just grabs a hold of her face. Don't you imagine like sitting on like a, a call at work, like you're just sitting at oh, your computer, hey and then oh, a hand hey. comes in. <laughs> hey there, little. Hey there, little Jeffrey. Oh, I, I, I love seeing my little monkey friend. Oh, what are you doing? Fucking rip. Like blood all over the camera. She got fish hooked by a goddamn ape. I think Kathy's dead. We gotta cancel this call. <laughs> so left to his lonesome, Seth gets fucking crunk and talks himself into believing Veronica is off sucking off Stathis. He decides to teleport himself as a not so subtle fuck you to Veronica. And here's where the fuckery kicks in. A damn housefly slips into the telepod with Seth. He teleports to the other pod and emerges seemingly normal, albeit surrounded in some fairly cool dick mist. Stepping out with the mist at his waist covering his dick was a pretty cool look. I need that every time I get out of the shower. Did not, did not even. Just a cloud, a cloud of mist right around your genitalia. I was impressed that the fly was like uh, dancing on the baboon's head before he got in the pod. It's a little... Yeah, I think the whole scene of him getting ripped and actually chatting up the baboon was a lot of fun. Because he's doing it like, because the baboon's off camera and he's just like, talk, like somebody talking to one of their boys like, she's out there, man, I know she's fucking that dude. And then it pans to the fucking baboon, just like, smacking his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> All the dumb shit you get naked and do when you're drunk, man. All of it. All of it. Veronica comes back to him that night and they reconcile. But his journey through the telepods begins to show some strange side effects. Thick, coarse hairs begin to grow on his back. Your boy gets fucking hooked on sugar. He gets insta-jacked. And his sexual appetite matches that of a 14-year-old boy. Or myself. He uses his entire apartment as a goddamn gymnasium. That shit is wild. Yeah, I like that scene a lot. They're not even talking to each other. He's over there doing like backflips and shit. Just standing. He just stands up, starts doing backflips over and over and over. And she's just like smiling at him and shit. I almost wondered did the damn monkey get in the pot because he is just swinging from shit. He's strong <laughs> as foot. He's hopping around this like fucking Ren McCormick and Footloose. But they play it all in silence, which I thought was a nice touch. There's like no dialogue, no score. It's yeah, just one weird. dude doing like crazy fucking gymnastic shit in this like industrial apartment. I didn't even, and that wasn't I didn't even put that together. Where have all the good men gone and where are all the guys? This is what, it's God's, okay. God damn it. I said God's, just, that's the promise I did. It just cuts to uh, Veronica smiling while that song's playing. <laughs> She's wearing a Walkman. He's bobbing her head. <laughs> he does that shit where he flies off and his fucking arms are in the air and he, the camera just keeps coming around. <laughs> he's still in his apartment, but he's like fucking flying through the air. 
I was like, how the hell did he land outside? Jesus Christ. One of the sides of Gina Davis I've never really seen. And yeah, she definitely gets the thumbs up here. She had the teased up hair, the button up shirt, barefoot. It's the look, man. The look is back. Minus the knee socks. This dude's over here doing a bunch of damn gymnastics, like jumping off of stuff, and you're looking at her knees. You gotta be looking at Jeff in this situation. It's very sensual, sexual scene, but it was completely quiet. I thought that was kind of cool, sensual. cool and interesting. Like this was better than the sex for him. It seemed like the dude's falling in love with himself at this point. Yeah, he's a he's a superhero. He's Spider Man. Damn right. All the hot, stinky sex begins to wear Veronica out. Seth suddenly believes that Veronica should go through the teleportation herself, hoping to make her as horny as his manic self. She refuses, and in a burst of anger, Seth leaves in search of a woman who can handle all that sweet D he cannot stop throwing. His literal reason for wanting her to go through the telepod is so they can just keep fucking. So they could fuck He says that. He says, I keep fucking pretty much. My note says, this motherfucker loves sugar and couch pussy. He always two favorite he's things. always like breathing heavy and shit too. Is that like yeah. does that mean he cummed? Because when I come, <laughs> there's a lot of like grunting and shit going on. He's just <sighs> He is sweating his ass off during this. I mean dripping sweat. It's straight fucking glucose, man. This dude is like sweating sugar beans. Yeah, there's way more fucking in this than I thought. Yeah. And all I could think of at this point was this chick is full of fly cum. Huffle baby. Didn't we all think that? You're afraid to dive into the plasma pool, aren't you? You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? I'll bet you think that you woke me up about the flesh, don't you? But you only know society's straight line about the flesh. You can't penetrate beyond society's sick, gray, fear of the flesh. Drink deep or taste not the plasma spring. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. I'm talking about penetration beyond the fell of the flesh. A deep... Penetrating dive into the plasma pool. You know, Cronenberg wrote that shit. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yes, when I saw that, I was like, I gotta leave more rooms with a fucking monologue. Because this dude just fucking drops it on a deep penetrating dives into the plasma pool. That's so fucking cool. Obviously, watching this shit as a kid, I don't have any clue what's going on in this situation. But, like, rewatching it as an adult, you really can appreciate, like, this type of uh, back and forth. I don't know if I've ever heard the term plasma pool before. Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think that's what really makes it so, because it feels like this is like the beginning of a fucking cult. I wish they would have really like fleshed this out and like ran oh, with so it. you want to see like a whole horde of flies flying. Yeah, he wanted full Jim Jones right insane. now. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely some cool language and I think in, in this little bit too, it kind of leans more into the science fiction aspect of all of it. Talking about fucking plasma pools and all this shit. I mean, it's all like real true, basic philosophical stuff, but just the way he presents it just kind of reminds you of the fact that they're not quite the same kind of a person. He's still a scientist at heart, so he analyzes things differently than most people. This Valentine's Day, I hope that you two tell your Valentine that if you want to dive into the plasma pool. I would love to have that written on a piece of paper. Care for a deep, penetrative dive into my plasma pool? I'm gonna say, let me smell them fucking stockings, girl. Mm, give me them dirty feet stockings. I'm gonna wrap them fucking stockings around my throat and just go at it. <laughs> we definitely got a male hoodie, a pair of stockings. Got him, buddy. At a shitty bar, Seth meets a thought named Tony. 
and arm wrestles with another man to settle up who gets the smash. Seth wins by snapping this dude's shit up with his superhuman strength and by squirting a little man juice on his hands. Yeah, but that wasn't sweat. That was like straight like fly grease, Secretion, right? man. I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, that was fly grease. This uh, this scene traumatized me as a, as a kid and is all I remembered about this movie. The snapping up arm? Yeah, the bone popping through. Yeah, it's pretty out. fucking gross. To a child, that was freaky. I wish Sylvester Stallone would have done this shit in his uh, arm wrestling movie. Y'all remember he had a movie about arm wrestling? (laughs) Over the top, baby. Yeah, he would have done his. You gotta take him over the top. Yeah, I think I remember hearing somebody talk somewhere about it. And apparently, in the background of one of the scenes, somebody does get their arm broken. Really? But it's not one of the main characters, so they just kept it in there. Shit. (laughs) So you can't break somebody's arm, arm, arm wrestling. Yeah. Hey yo, this, this fly looking motherfucker right here is about to arm wrestle me. Hey yo. Oh shit, man. And over the arm, top. Hey, Sylvester Stallone was a truck driver and used his truck to work out on. He does that face. <laughs> He's lifting the 18 wheeler up and down. Just picking it up. You gotta push it to the limit. Your closest memory was to this man's arm snapping up, not to the side boob that we just saw 10 minutes before this. No, God. If there's no nipple, who gives a fuck? What am I going to do with a side boob? I got a side boob. After a night of pretty gross sex and another demo of the telepods, complete with more dick mist, Tony pours champagne on his skin, which severely irritates him. Horny as ever, he tries to get her to go through the telepods, but she refuses. Seth tells her not to be afraid, just before Veronica arrives and drops the iconic line. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Yeah, it didn't hit me until this moment that this is actually where this line comes from. Yeah. So I feel like I've heard it parried in a million times. I didn't know this was the genesis of it. I had the same reaction that you did. I actually went to Google and was like, was this the first? And I was okay, cool. Yep. They even had it on the poster that I saw so, for the theatrical release. Going back to Tony here, did he prematurely ejaculate on this lady? Tony? Who he the like crawls Tony? over. Tony, that's the girl from the bar. It's Tony. Tony, that's what I'm saying. Are you saying Tony or are you saying Tony? It's T A W N Y. Yeah, that's Tone. Like Don? It sounds Tony. like you're saying Tony. Okay, Tony. You keep saying it. He like crawls over her and then like shudders, then lays down. I was like, did he just ejaculate he, on her no, stomach? No, he or just something? entered her uh, cervix. I don't think that's what happened. I think it's exactly what happened. But you saw how much he was fucking Gina Davis. He just didn't have the same passion for it, man. Oh, you saying you saying because it's a new piece, he probably come real quick. It looked like it. So Tony was a was a was a dump. <laughs> My ass. What you would call a dumpster. I come dumpster. She didn't look that bad. Okay. Well, uh, according the Chris Seth used her as just a dumpster to like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was definitely a, a cum dump. I mean, let's be real. Tony deuces out, and Veronica confronts Seth about him being an asshole. Not only is his back hair going nuts, but his face is also breaking out like a motherfucker. She informs him that she had some of his back hairs analyzed, and they're most likely insect hairs. Seth refuses to believe anything's wrong with him yet again, and he kicks Veronica out of the apartment. He does this with a pretty fucking incredible demonstration. To which he says, does this look sick? And then just starts punching shit. Punching the fucking <laughs> wall. 
Could a sick man do this shit? A wooden column? I gotta start doing shit like this. Does this look sick? Start breaking shit in my house. Does this look sick? And I'm gonna do that shit where I take my thumb and try to detach it from the other thumb. Oh. Yeah, would a sick man be able to do this shit? It was just so fucking immature and uncharacteristic of Seth. I thought it was very comical. Later on in the bathroom, Seth does notice more severe changes to himself. His fingernails are falling off, and he's dripping fluids everywhere. His face is busted as fuck, and more thick hairs are popping up here and there. Should have listened to that girlfriend, bro. This is where the movie gets good. It gets a little rough oh, this here. Is, this is it. This, this is, is where it, it begins. This is where the movie becomes a horror movie. Now we go, boys. Now we go. To quote another good movie, we're in the end game now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, yeah, let's go back in time. He can undo everything. <laughs> he finally agrees something must have gone wrong when he went through the telepods. He checks the record of his teleportation, which refers to a secondary element in the pod with him. A goddamn housefly. When he asks the computer what happened to the fly, it tells him that he and the fly have been spliced together into a single organism at a genetic and molecular level. Dun dun. You just reminded me of something. Splice is a movie. Oh, yes, it is. We had to watch that. Uh, that's a horror movie. They had I sex jacked with off to that movie. Okay. Oh, my God. That scene where she had the tail and she was like sticking it in his ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was like, the reach around right there. Yeah. Seth created the Tony Stark computer system because he's talking with it. He's talking to it. Yeah. He's putting in questions and the computer's answering his questions. Yeah, that's his interface. It's fucking Google Assistant, man. 1.0. That wasn't around in, in 86. No. I mean, he doesn't it's even have cool. a true desktop here. He's looking at DOS commands the whole time. There's no Windows. The hell is DOS commands? It's just like a, a command prompt. A whole month goes by in which Seth and Veronica do not speak, but he finally hits her up like any salty boy would and asks her to come see him. Being a good woman, Veronica comes to see his abusive ass. What she sees is a new Seth, frightened and heavily deteriorated. His face is lined with pockmarks and he needs canes to walk. He has to wear gloves to keep from biting his fingernails off. He eats by vomiting corrosive enzymes onto his food and sucking up the remains. As they converse, his fucking ear falls off. He refuses to take help from any professional doctors, not wanting to be a lab rat. Got a few few points of interest here. I think you just grossly un- under-described just how fucked up his face is. This is all it's fucking gross, just man. just pop marks. He's literally a giant tumor walking around at this point. Um, and then the scene with the ear actually falling off, Gina Davis didn't know that was about to happen. So her reaction oh, was genuine. <laughs> and Cronenberg actually used that take in the final cut of the film. That's awesome. That is very cool. Um, I enjoyed the line when he's telling Ver- uh, Veronica about the fly situation. He says that we hadn't even been properly introduced yet. Dude, he's still got his charm, man. Jeff Goldblum, still, is, such, still got Jeff, Jeff Goldblum is such a charming motherfucker, man. Yeah, he really he's, does. He's, that dude is super unique. There's not an actor on earth like Jeff Goldblum. How good of a person is Veronica, though? Too good. Too way almost, too good to be with this Almost guy. suspiciously good. And she was going to hug this motherfucker, I would have been terrified. When he picked that fucking donut up and just like involuntarily threw up on it, and he said, oh, that's disgusting. 
Oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking great. She's way too good to be with this dude, and she keeps coming back, so. Veronica goes to Stathis, hoping to find some way to help Seth. He warns her not to go back, fearing contagion. However, his selfish ass thinks on it and sends her back anyway, wanting her to document what is happening, so he can find some way to take advantage of the situation. You know, Stathis is going to be Stathis at the end of the day, man. Dude's a fucking prick, It's man. all about that nut! She just can't get away from dudes that treat her like shit. I feel bad for her. She's like a volleyball, just back and forth. She returns to Seth's apartment to find him crawling on the walls and ceiling. And he is really digging this shit now. He has realized the truth. He is turning into a human-fly hybrid that he calls... Brundlefly. And this creepy fucker has the gall to ask Veronica to document his metamorphosis. I really like that he the where he starts describing that his his disease has a purpose, or he has a purposeful disease, you know. Yeah, like he felt like, oh, this is why this happened. It yeah. became a new experiment for him. The wall crawl is really fucking cool. And he's at this point Spider Man, right? I mean, he is Spider Man. Yeah. How did they film that, Chris? I know you know like secrets of Hollywood and all this other bullshit. I rewound it a few times because I know thinking back to like how the Nightmare on Elm Street, how they rotated the room. That all right? I saw some behind the scenes shit. It was like a big circle thing, and there was a cameraman right in the middle of it, and it's like rotating. So is that how it's done? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they spin the room, and Jeff is essentially just trying to like on a treadmill at that point. Yeah, he's just staying pretty much in the center. Static, yeah, trying yeah. to keep his position. It looked really fucking great though. Yeah, it's fantastic. When he stepped down onto the floor, I was like, oh, it's fucking smooth. Nightmare on Elm Street, shout out. Shout out. Why the fuck doesn't she just call a doctor? <laughs> we're, we're past that point, Chris. I mean, there's we're so many people. That phone call. There's so many people I barely care about that if I was in this situation with them, I would have just said, fuck your wishes, I'm calling the doctor. Especially if it was somebody I actually love. If one of you were going through this, I'd be like, I'm sorry, dude, I gotta fucking call a doctor. Thank you making my case of Verther Veronica's character. I'd be throwing up on everybody, dude, if I was the Brundlefly. I would be on the clock tower just watching people walk by throwing up on them. <laughs> there he is again. He's up on that clock tower. Y'all don't walk up on him. He's always yeah. fucking around. I don't know what he does if you walk up on him. Yeah, but him having the balls to ask her to record this shit. And his, I mean, he's becoming a fly, sure, but in his hearts of hearts, he's still a scientist. He's still fascinated by what he's just created. He's just created the world's first, like, gene splicer. He's still of, you know, sound mind right now. She records a video where Brundle demonstrates his new eating habits and brings it to oh Stathis, who watches it in horror all alone on the couch with a boner pillow in his lap. The fucking sound you imagine? off screen that you hear is so gross. Do you imagine a woman that you've, that you've been relationship with that you're digging <laughs> pops into VHS and goes in the bathroom like, hey, Check this out. <laughs> Pretty fucking disturbing. Veronica stumbles in crying and drops a fucking bomb She is pregnant, boys. Presumably with Seth's child. Is this real? I guess it. I guess it's real. I, had, I don't know. Yeah, I had some questions confused. here, too. Um, Stathis is still trying to slide back in there, so he encourages her to talk to Seth before aborting the baby. And then here we have a bit of a sequence where she's going to deliver the child, but that's a dream. Is that what happened? I thought it was a dream. What, the the maggot? Hey, well, I mean, it was a dream. The maggot birth? Yeah, the maggot birth. Is yeah, a that, was, that was a fucking dream. That's what put her over the edge As soon as she says she's pregnant, we, we learn that she's pregnant, and then it cuts to this dream sequence where she's forced to push out 
a really fucking another fucking disturbing sequence of Giant. a three foot long maggot. Fucking and then it cuts to her like waking maggot. up. The from doctor's that. face is awesome. You know who the doctor was? <laughs> it's the director, right? David yeah. Cronenberg. His face is great. You know, he likes to play doctors. You know, he was a doctor in another movie, right? Not that I know of. Played the role of Dr. Weimer or Weimer in Jason X. <laughs> yes. Oh. Did, did he direct doing, that man? or just like Jason X? I think he directed an episode of the Friday uh, Friday the 13th um, TV series. I could see him enjoying that because it's got like the most gross effects, right? But yeah, so she she says she's pregnant and she has this dream about the birth and then wakes up. And I, I was kind of confused as if those were both part of the same dream. I was like, is she really pregnant? Which I come to find out she is. But in the moment, I was a little confused because of the way it's structured. I was the same with you. Yep. When she sees Seth again, he has deteriorated even further. He no longer wears clothes. His skin has become swollen and lumpy. And more of his body parts have fallen off. He barely resembles his old self. He's using his medicine cabinet as a museum to his human self, storing various leftovers in there. Fully embracing what he's becoming, he warns Veronica to never return because his fly instincts are taking over and he will not be able to keep himself from hurting her. Uh, this scene was fucking great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm going to go ahead and ruin it, even though you're talking about how great the scene is. Um, did you do inventory of what was in his medicine cabinet? Um, I noticed the ear. I lost all of the ear. Did you notice the large uncircumcised dick that was in <laughs> the medicine cabinet? I did not see the large dick. Was it really a uh, large dick in there? It was a large, uncircumcised oh. cock in the fucking medicine cabinet. Did it have a label on it? Like that? Not it have a label a on it, but it had a bunch of foreskin on it. <laughs> I missed that one. I think Hootie just figured out his memorabilia. I think Hootie's going to fucking uh-huh. rewind this shit. <laughs> okay, okay. And in this same scene, there was further mutilation of teeth falling out, for the love of God. Yeah. It definitely pushed that body horror to the max. So I got a question for you here. I did read, I don't know if this was true or not, that the story is kind of an analogy to growing older. Like yeah, that's what the body uh, horror, where the body horror that. aspects are coming from. The aging process. Did you feel that way? Uh, 100%. I mean, I didn't think that deep about it, but now that you said it, yeah, I could see oh, that. Oh, this movie is deep on so many levels, man. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, there's a lot going on here, a lot of good shit. Yeah. But I wanted to highlight what I liked so much about this sequence was the dialogue. Fucking Jeff's acting incredible here. As she's going to leave him, he's like trying to say goodbye. Don't ever come see me again. He's talking about himself. He says, I am an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. It's fucking beautiful. And now, But now the insect is awake. He was talking about insect politics, how just ruthless and there is no insect politics. You know, they just, they're straight ruthless. They fucking kill, eat each other, and all that shit. He's going to be an insect politician. Yeah, that was a good little bit, too. Jeff killed it, man. Yeah, he was great. I know you said you thought Keaton would have been great here, Hootie, but he fucking killed it, dude. I love me some Keaton. Veronica leaves without telling him she is pregnant. Outside, she tells Stathis to take her to a doctor for an immediate abortion. From the rooftops, Seth overhears them talking. As Veronica is prepped for the procedure, a fucking explosion reveals Seth busting in to steal her away. Further evidence he is Spider-Man. 
Fucking badass, man. He got me jumping through the window. That was like the only moment they really scared me. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I was not expecting it. Damn, bro. Yeah, that was a jump scare. I had to take a shot on that one. Damn it, Seth. <laughs> hey, Shrek, it's me. It's me, Seth Brundle, Shrek. Right, go, wait, wait ahead and fuck up the fly with Shrek references. Okay. He kidnaps her and takes her back home, asking her to have the baby, as it may be the only thing left of his humanity. Veronica is too frightened, unaware if the baby daddy is pre- or post-fly guy transformation. It's so fucking wild how you can still see Jeff Goldblum inside, under all this fucking makeup, and all these prosthetics, and all this shit, and his like mannerisms, and his little twitches that he always has in, in, in all his work. Like you can just tell it's him. And the dude is fantastic. This is I I knew this was gonna be a fucking slurp fest of uh, Jeff Goldblum, but it I mean it has to be. Please don't kill me. Such a touching moment for somebody so fucking grotesque to look at to tell you. Please don't kill me. But it's He's so, begging you. Please so, don't kill me. It's so sinister how quick that that switch is flipped. As soon as she says, "Hey, I'm not gonna do." what you want me to do. I'm not going to have this fucking baby. And you can just tell by the look in his eyes. He kind of gives her a side eye like, all right, I can't get my way. I can't have you do what I want. I'm going to force you to do what I want. Stathis makes his way to Seth's apartment, armed with a shotgun. But he ain't got shit on Seth. The fly man jumps down from the skylight, catching him by surprise. Seeing that Stathis means to shoot him, Seth goes all revenge mode on the ex-boy toy. And vomits his digestive enzyme all over his hand and foot, melting both appendages and sending Stathis into a state of shock. He's about to vomit on his face and make him a human puddle until Veronica steps in. She had been kept secretly on the roof. One, more mutilation, more rough shit. It was hard to watch. Secondly, Veronica says, no, don't kill him. If my foot is gone and my hand is gone, <laughs> shoot me in the fucking head. He's in shock, man. He's not feeling anything at that point. What it comes down to is she still has hope for his humanity. He, he's not, you know, entirely lost in her opinion. So, and by killing, by killing Stathis, it's like, all right, you really are the monster that you're becoming. So let's talk about two days after this movie. And Stathis is in the hospital. He's probably getting released. <laughs> And uh, Veronica's not going to want to be with him because she's over this shit. And he's just going to go about his life and, um, you know, just tell people how he lost his hand and foot by a man who became a fly. Yeah, I mean, that's a hell well, of a tender profile. What it is, he, he's probably going to win a lawsuit <laughs> from the company that Seth Brundle works for. So he ain't about to worry about shit ever again. However, it's funny you talk, it's funny you talk about he, he's not going to end up with Veronica. There's actually an alternate ending, a happy ending, where he does end up with Veronica, and he has his like prosthetic hand and prosthetic foot and shit uh, in the scene. He's a prick to her, man. Fuck that. And she uh, forgive the piece of shit he was. Yeah, he got magic so, legs. Hey, he uh, he may end up with it in an alternate <laughs> universe. What did you make of that dismantled shotgun? That was kind of a unique. You think if if I was coming in there to blow a motherfucker away, I would be like the stock and everything would already be assembled. Well, I, here's what he. Here's how I saw that. He had just bought the shotgun. Well, he could have put it together in the fucking parking lot. He literally, like, he walked it. Well, he looked cooler if he'd done it on camera. like in the It actual, did look cooler. It, get, it was cool. cinematic, but I was like, practically, if I'm going in here to protect myself and kill somebody, yeah, I want to have something in the fucking chamber, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a gun connoisseur. So, Joey, I'm going to ask you, 
What type of double barrel shotgun was that? Where the barrels are on top? That's a, of what they call an over and under. Over under. Uh, typically used for like trap shooting, like skeet shooting. This is like the first sequence that really started to feel like a, like an old school horror movie. Yeah. Him walking into that building, you know. Not knowing what's. And you had that happen. first real sense of dread, yeah. as opposed to just being, like, grossed out and scared, you know. Did either one of you check out the, uh, the deleted scenes at all? No, nah, I heard they had like somebody pulled from test audiences, right? Yeah, they they pulled some because of the reactions. But one that was actually really fucking cool that they cut right here is Brundlefly actually takes that decapitated, would you call it decapitated or severed? I guess severed foot, decapitated head. So sever, he actually takes the severed foot and his proboscis, his proboscis comes out of his mouth. He drinks the fucking foot. Oh, fuck. It's fantastic. This is why. I don't think y'all are horror fans, man. This shit is fantastic. I I think it's great. All this shit is great and disgusting. But I'm... I'm very great. like affected by those things. But yeah, he literally drinks the foot with, like through a straw, like just like a proboscis. I wince at a lot of these things, man. Yeah. Funny enough, John Getz has actually kept this decap or decapitated, kept this severed foot in his uh, fridge in his trailer. Seth spares Stathis, but asks for Veronica's help to make him human again. When she asks him to explain, he does just that. He wants to use the telepod to fuse himself with Veronica and their unborn child in the hopes that her purity will be enough to stop the metamorphosis. We will be the ultimate family. I think it could have worked. I mean, it could have been. I mean, imagine what's what's better. You don't have to feed everybody. We can all just eat out of one mouth now. And we can save all kinds <laughs> of money and shit. Yeah, imagine Gina Davis's tits on fucking uh, Jeff Goldblum's body. Veronica naturally struggles to free herself from Seth's grip, and she accidentally rips his fucking jaw off. Hey, speaking of jaws being ripped off. (laughs) Sparking (laughs) the final stages of Seth's transformation. His limbs shed the remainder of the human skin, revealing the insect body underneath. The rest of his face slides off to reveal a fly's head. It's so fucking cool that they went this route of having it, like, his entire body this entire time. It doesn't really keep with the whole fly, fly thematic, thematic theme or whatever, but the like fact that his body is like it's, well, his body was like a cocoon or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, a larva would be a, a good way of putting it as well. But uh, and this is like the image of the fly that is stuck in my brain ever since I was a kid. Yeah, this shit was intense, man. When his fucking face started sliding off. One of my first memories uh, in life was this fucking image. I always wonder in movies, shit like this happens. Does Jeff Goldblum continue to come to set every day after this? When he's not going to be needed, you know? He's done. He's done. Like, does he come and watch the rest of the shit as they're shooting it? I think I would, but that's just like a movie nerd. Like, he as an actor. Off. He's like, And oh. that's a wrap, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, spoiler alert, but I'm sure, like, Ned Stark never watched any of the rest of the Game of Thrones. Oh, no, why would he? <laughs> he, he don't give a fuck after yeah, that point, no, right? There's no need. Sean Bean's got better shit to do with his life. I'm saying, do you think like Goldblum hung around to see how the rest of the shit went down? Because this had to have taken a while to shoot the rest of this, even though it's not a long sequence. It's a oh, lot yeah. of shit going on. All the well, here, well sure. here's I think they shot these last sequence here like first, or, or like really early in production because the way they took care of, or the way they handled um, Seth's, Seth's metamorphosis 
was that Chris Wallace created the fly puppet or the fly model first. That was the first oh, thing. Like the he final did. product was first. And he worked backwards from that. That way uh, each 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 stage he pretty much Tarantino the shit. And just worked backwards, you know, and progressively uh had his body changed to put him in a put him in a place where it gets believable that he would become, you know, the fly. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The now completely transformed Brundle fly throws Veronica into one pod, activates the computer, and steps into the other. As the countdown to teleportation ticks away, Stathis comes to his senses. He uses a shotgun to shoot the cable connecting Veronica to the computer, forcing it offline. Brundlefly smashes the door to its telepod and attempts to escape, but the transportation sequence begins as he hangs halfway out of the telepod. In a flash, a section of the telepod is transported to the third pod with Brundlefly. Stathis manages to crawl to Veronica's pod and set her free. The last pod door opens and Brundlefly collapses onto the floor. As a result of the fusion, most of its body is now a mangled, twisted mass of flesh and machinery. We got a bigger mod. Brundlefly crawls towards Veronica, who arms herself with Stathis' shotgun. Over under. Brundlefly uses a claw to point the shotgun barrel at its own head, silently asking Veronica to end his life. She hesitates, but seeing that the creature is actually her former lover in excruciating pain. She gains enough strength to pull the trigger, blowing apart the Brundlefly's head. She sobs as the film fades out and the credits roll. Did you uh, catch the actual, like, twitches of the puppet to, like, imitate Jeff Goldblum? Like, it literally had the same, like, ticking and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah. This, this was this was the most watchable part of the Brundlefly for me because I could see some emotion in it. It wasn't just like terrifying, you know. But I thought it was kind of cool that ten minutes before this, she's begging him, "Don't kill me, right?" And now he's she's, he's silently begging her, "Please kill yeah. me." I thought that was like a very good twist there. Great fucking ending too. I think the moral of the story is that Seth actually created successfully teleportation. Yeah, that's what this is about. The first five minutes. So who do you fucking need it? Nobody talks about that. But uh, y'all talk about them fucking turn into flying shit. So the fly too has got to be about the unborn child, right? Yeah, it's about it's about his God son. God damn it. God. Yeah, damn I, I think the tagline. I think the tagline is like father, like son. Oh God. This I'm a, pretty sure. I fucking want to see it now because I got a feeling it's terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I think we'll eventually. <laughs> I just got Eric that. Stoltz, I, I've Stoltz never watched terrible. it. I don't want to sully my my. My thoughts of the franchise. Hell yeah. The Fly 2. Like father, like son. Well, it was rumored mm. in like 2009, I think, Cronenberg was working on a fucking sequel. It never came to pass. Like his own sequel to the original? Yeah. Definitely like retcon. Top Bill, Eric Stoltz. God damn Eric Stoltz. Oh, Stathis came back. How about that? Fucking shit. He ain't got no, ain't nobody asking for him to do no work. His name is a pain in the ass to say over and over, man. Stathis, Stathis. Veronica did not come back. So yeah, interesting how nobody would come back. Martin Brundle was created. <laughs> My mom died in childbirth. That's pretty much, yeah, it's pretty much what it would be. This dude went through some shit, man. Hopefully the camcorder was running the whole time, though. All in the good name of science. That's the only way to explain this shit, you know? You better be recording. 
This is why, in my personal life, I don't try nothing new. You know what I'm saying? You just I know. You, ain't, you don't works. even sniff panties, so sniff no fucking nope. garden nope. or nothing, man. You sniff pantyhose, this shit happens to you. Hey, we gotta get some. This yes. shit happens. Let's get a bunch of dead flies and ship them to Hootie and some pantyhose. <laughs> For you, buddy. A bunch of fucking teeth. An uncircumcised cop. <laughs> one, ur- one uncircumcised cop coming up. And apparently one uh, severed foot. So, that's fun. Alright, boys. The fly in the books. Let's get to some memorabilia. What would you fellas like to take away from this 1980s classic? I would say, uh, for me, there wasn't a lot to work with uh, because I mean, obviously the telepod is like the thing, but it's way too big. Um, so for me, I would take Seth's Jarvis system oh. because if you have the system, you have technology, and then you can make your own telepod. Oh shit! We're gonna see who be totally fucking different in two weeks. All right, this is this is technically cheating, but in one of the deleted scenes. Brundle fly splices a baboon with a cat, and it goes exactly how you'd imagine. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take this cat dog looking monstrosity and give it the care and, and affection it deserves. Did he just say cat dog? It's literally a cat dog. It's one end is a fucking baboon. <laughs> cat dog. He can't stop one, saying it. <laughs> one end is one end is a fucking baboon. The other end's a cat. I'm gonna get the uh, the magazine cover with Jeff's face on it. It's just fucking. It was, yeah, shit it was beautifully drawn. Bomb, it? it looks just like him. Yeah, I'd love to frame that some bitch and put it up on the wall. All right, before we get to our own opinions, let's touch on some fan reviews real quick here. Both of these bad boys, courtesy of IMDb. Let's start with uh, someone who took this very well. This review says, "Genius body horror." From Injury 654473, this film is absolutely repulsive and disgusting in the best possible ways. What a masterpiece that is so uniquely Cronenberg. 10 out of 10. Short, sweet, and to the point. I like that. Here's another one. I saw this movie once. Never again. David Cronenberg seems to be going out of his way to gross out the audience. The problem is he mistakes revulsion for genuine horror and suspense. One out of ten. What letter grade you stamping on this assignment from Mr. David Cronenberg? This movie is without a doubt an A. My first Blu-ray I ever owned. 1986's The Fly is among my top five horror movies of all time. As well as one of my personal favorites in general. But it's so much more than just another scary movie. It's a tragic love story that beautifully illustrates the pain and fear we all face when letting go. A body horror trauma through and through. The creature effects and makeup are what all movies should strive for. Uh, Jeff Goldblum should have won an Academy Award for his performance or been nominated at the very least. He is phenomenal in this role, and you'd be hard-pressed to find another performance to rival Seth Brundle in the horror genre. Uh, The movie has perfect pacing to go along with a powerful score that's full of raw emotion. This movie truly is a science fiction horror classic and deserve its, its place among the best ever made. Uh, the Fly was created for its time and catapulted Jeff Goldblum into being a household name. For that alone, it gets a whole letter grade bump for me. And for me, the letter grade for The Fly is going to be a solid B. This was not my usual cup of tea, but its excellence is undeniable. The body horror literally had me wincing. 
and the hype was on par with the material. I always have felt like the aura of likability around Jeff Goldblum, and I will now knowingly send my energy into all that love. His performance alone makes us worth the 90 minutes of empathy-wrenching torture. Gina Davis is about his equal, and her star also rises in my book here. It's a shame these two didn't do more horror, as I will miss them in our continual journey down this horrible road. I give the fly an A. Alright, fellas, let's put the fly behind us. Bye-bye to Mr. Goldblum. Don't know if we'll see him again soon. See it. Well, he's in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, so we'll eventually well, get to him. You'll be in our hearts until then, buddy. Yeah. And Miss Gina Davis as well. So, let's recap our Rotten Tomatoes guesses here before we reveal the actual score. I think that I nailed it, fellas. Myself, 70%. Ryan Hootie, 78%. Joey edging him out with a Price is Right move here at 80%. The actual score from Rotten Tomatoes is 83%. Fucking Joey. Let's go! I want you to put a sound effect in here, that fucking when they're blowing the air horn. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. That pantyhose sniffing piece of shit beats you again. Let's go. I mean, you know, maybe the maybe the secret to these scores is in the pantyhose. It's in the panties, baby. Dirty, dirty fucking hose. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Well, with the the victory going to the the lesser of the three hosts here, Mr. Joseph. It is on you to serve us up our next choice here. What are we going to be watching in two weeks? You guys know what this podcast needs more of. Pantyhose. It needs more Thomas Hayden Church and Jada Pinkett Smith. On our next episode, the Horror Bulls will be taking a trip down into the crypts with 1995's Demon Knight. Oh, shit. That mid-90s We life. get to hang out. With the sexiest man of all time, Billy fucking Billy Zane. Zane. Let's go. Yes, I think I still own the double v, the double the double DVD of this in uh, Bordello of Blood. I think yes. I have to find it. Well, fucking a. Bordello of Blood's not as good. Yeah, Bordello of Blood's dog shit. Alrighty, baby boys, let's fire up this Demon Knight, nineteen ninety five. Demon Knight, it's a Demon Knight. Universal Pictures is proud to present the motion picture directing debut wow. of one of America's most talented and is this real? artists. <laughs> there he is. Yes. That's awesome. That is awesome. Hello, kitties. So glad kitties. you joined me. You remember watching this motherfucker on HBO and shit like time Chris? Yeah. I'm directing I feel like I was doing something wrong. Care for a little shriek preview? A shriek preview, yes. For my big scream premiere, big scream. I wanted lots of suspense. <laughs> Special effects. Sex. Yeah. Violence. <laughs> the kind of thing you could really sink your teeth into. Frights! Camera! Action! Fuck yeah. Oh, Billy Zane in a cowboy head. <laughs> Look at that shit. The war between good and evil. Oh, fuck me. Look at William Sadler, like a fucking badass. The fucking heart of the ocean right there. Sorry. And demon. I'm not gonna hurt you. I lied. It stars Billy Zane from Dead Calm. 
William Sadler from Die Hard 2. And Jada Pinkett from Menace. He's so fucking hot in this movie, dude. Ooh, I love those titles. And you'll love Demon Knight. This is the weirdest fucking trade in the verse. And ladies, if you think Demon Knight is too gross and yucky. Thank you. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was the best fucking trailer I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I urge the audience to please go to YouTube and watch the, the, the official trailer. The official trailer. Yeah, I might have put out. a link in the fucking show notes for that one. Yeah, that was great. Man, that was fantastic. So yeah, with that gorgeous fucking trailer behind us, we want to venture some guesses here. Rotten Tomatoes fans. Who fucking knows, man? This shit's going to be all over the place. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. I'll lead the charge, though. Let me put in a 65% guess. I am going to say a 63. 60 on the nose. Thank you for listening. Check out the website, horriblefilmschool.com, to find us on basically all platforms. Hit us up on Instagram, leave the Apple Pod and Spotify reviews. Spread that seed. I'm going to use this sign-off to offer my support to women gestating the seeds of what could be inhuman children. It's hard out there for a pimp and even harder for a woman trying to raise a half-human, half-joey child. Stay strong. Hope that kiddo grows up to be a world-class podcaster one day. What I'm talking about. As always, if you're hearing our voices... Tell at least one person you know. Spread the love. Spread the campaign. And definitely check out The Fly. Uh, it's a really great movie. A lot of mutilation, though. And with that, I'm out. Uh, reiterating what the boys just put out there. Thanks again to all our listeners. We truly appreciate your time and attention. Uh, we really love doing this, and it just feels good knowing we have the love and support of so many of you. Uh, we can't wait to see you next time, and be sure to tune in for Billy fucking Zane in Demon Knight. Class dismissed.